Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hang on a second. Yeah. I can't hear myself at all. Why? I don't know. There we go. Okay. Was, Was it on your end? Yeah, hang on. Somebody pushed in the button. Who would do that? You know, I don't know who comes in this studio because it's really not for anybody else. They should just fucking leave it alone. <laughs> but, but here we are. Here we are. People touching stuff. And anyway, we're, we're back on track. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of After 9. This is uh, uh, a really good day. It is beautiful outside, and we've got some fun stuff that we want to talk about in this episode. And I think I'd like to start off with the airport. You've probably heard, Kat, about all of the long lines that people are experiencing. Hundreds of people are missing their flights every single day because it's taking in excess of two to three hours just to get through security when you get to the airport. So, like a goddamn hero, here comes our federal transportation minister, Omar Al-Gabra. He's going to tour around all the different airports, and he's going to get to the bottom of it. In fact... He already did. Let's go past tense on this. He has been visiting airports and talking to people, and he's trying to understand why there's such a problem. Really? That, he, he really has done the legwork on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he says that when people suggest that it's a staffing shortage that's leading to these delays, Omar says, ha, 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 guys, that's crazy. No, 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 no. He points out that when it comes to staffing, they're at 90% of pre-pandemic volumes. That's good. And flights are still below 70%. So with less flights and almost the same amount of staff, he says it can't possibly be a staff issue. So let me tell you what the problem is. This guy, Kat, with a straight face, says that the delays at security checkpoints are being caused by out-of-practice travelers coming off of two years of COVID restrictions. This guy actually thinks that the reason you're waiting three hours to get through security is not because there's not enough staff and not because all the staff we have is being redirected to (laughs) goddamn COVID hall down there doing tests that mean nothing. It's because you didn't have your boarding pass and your passport right there instantly ready for inspection when you got to the front of the line. Okay, so a few things here. I think it's an accumulation of a few things, not just that. First of all, people have been ill-prepared since the beginning of travel yep. to actually travel, okay? It happens It happens all the time, right? You go through security and someone's like doesn't realize you can't pack your giant water bottle or your carton of cologne. <laughs> They've got a big like fucking like, Gatorade thermos. Right? I there's can't always, bring that? There's always like the silly people area where they kind of scoot you over like, no, what else is in your carry-on that you cannot have? Please step over here, right? And then they let you pass through. I think it is an accumulation. Perhaps there are some people that are rusty. Absolutely. I mean, I would maybe be one of those people that was rusty, but I'm also a prepared individual. So I would hop online and make sure I remembered everything correctly and whatever. I understand some people might come not prepared. So that could slow down the lines possibly. But we had countless people let us know that work at the airport or that have traveled recently either or or that work for an airline tell us. It's definitely everything. It is a staff shortage. It isn't the amount of flights that are that are going in and out at the same time 
is incredible. And I'm not sure if it's worse. I couldn't, I'm not going to pretend to know the schedule before COVID and the schedule now, if anything has actually changed. But apparently these flights are so frequent. They're trying to get people in and out, uh, you know, at the same time. And that's what's really causing the delay. There's that. There is staff shortages. We've actually had several people say that. And it's not just an issue at the bigger airports like Pearson. There's issue with the, uh, issues at the smaller ones too. So it does make me wonder. I think it's a little bit of, of everything, really. I would certainly not blame it on just rusty travelers. Like, okay, haha, yeah, it's been a while since we all traveled, absolutely, and there's some people who totally forget, or some people that are just silly that try to pack something ridiculous they're not supposed to pack. But I really don't think it comes down just to the travelers, so that's kind of a silly thing to say. It's so asinine, right? Like, oh, you just waited three hours? Sorry. That's because the people in front of you packed a big bottle of shampoo and didn't have their passport ready. Like, fuck off. Like, it does happen, and that does cause delays, sure, especially at checkpoints where you gotta take all your shit off, and that happens, sure. But I doubt it causes a delay as much as three hours, because so many people forget. I, I just don't see it. No, he's just throwing shit at the wall to see if it'll stick. He's hoping that people will just hear that and think, oh, well, stupid travelers, oh, problems at the airport. It is bad, though. My daughter flew out this morning and she had a 7 a.m. flight. I told her, be there at four. And that, that killed me to say that because I'm the guy who walks into the airport about 40 minutes before my flight. Never have a problem. Just stroll through security, flash my Nexus, and I'm good to go. She doesn't have any of that. So she had to go three hours early. She had a 7 a.m. flight. She arrived at 4 and got on the flight at 6.35. Wow. No line at the gate. Everybody who was lined up at the gate was already on the plane, and a few stragglers came in after her, but she's pretty sure they left some people behind. That's not acceptable I've when we're leaving people behind. That is another issue that No man had. left behind. There are people left behind. We actually had people messaging us when we talked about this on our FM morning show that just so happened to be listening in that moment. So could you imagine how many people there are that said, I literally just made the flight and there are people behind me, I know, that were trying to get on the same flight, but they were back at the back of the line kind of thing, trying to get make their way through. They definitely missed their flight. Okay. Oh, sorry. I wanted to ask you what would be better because in my daughter's case, she was quite frustrated because she did what she was told to do. She got there three hours before her flight. But because there were other people who were not there three hours before their flight, they were in jeopardy of missing their flight. So while she did everything right, she had to keep waiting while they were pulling people from the back of the line that had sooner flights and letting them go through. I kind of believe in the first come, first serve in this case. Sorry if you're going to miss your flight, but if you didn't do what you were told to do, what can we do? Why would someone who did everything right have to wait because some other asshole showed up an hour before their plane was supposed to leave? I know it is. It is a weird scenario because you don't want to leave people behind. Like we just said that. But if the person ahead of you doesn't have a flight for another hour, but yours happens to be leaving in 20 minutes... Yeah, I mean, you save someone the absolute horrible hassle of trying to rebook a new flight or not go at all or whatever the situation might be because of it. You did say that it's probably a little bit of everything all adding up to these delays. And I think for the most part, you probably are right. I'm also wondering, though, if we're at 90% pre-pandemic staffing levels with only 70% of the pre-pandemic flight volumes, is it possible that maybe we do have enough staff, they're just in the wrong place? 
If we had more people at the front screening people before they went through security and less people sticking swabs up other people's noses, that might make a little more sense. Because, yes, despite what you've heard, they're still doing COVID testing at the airport. There's still areas that have to go through pretty strict COVID screening, and that takes staff off the floor. And that's a problem. But maybe not for long. I've thought for a while. I feel like even Trudeau knows that these mandates that he's got on flights, whether it be the masks, the vaxes, whatever, I feel like even he knows they're kind of useless, but he needs an off-ramp. He can't go from 100% double down, it's got to be strict, 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 to, yeah, yeah, we're just going to lift the mandates. He needs someone to do something. Somebody else has to make the first move and give him a lane to, par- uh, to drive into. This might be it. We knew that America, because of a court ruling does not have a mask mandate on flights anymore. It's gone. It's been gone for a month. Now the European Union says that starting May 16th, masks are no longer required at airports or on airplanes. The European Union Aviation Safety Agency says they made the decision jointly with the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. They say the new guidelines take account of the latest developments in the pandemic, especially the levels of vaccination and naturally acquired immunity. In other words, so many people got it and recovered that they've got natural immunity. They say they hope that lifting the mask mandate will mark a big step forward in the normalization of air travel for passengers and crew. Okay, so now Europe's dropping it. America's dropped it. We're kind of alone here, here in Canada, where we have a mandate for passports and we have a mandate for masks. Is Trudeau going to look at Europe doing it and saying, yeah, we can get rid of it now? Or is he going to be the one country on this side of the world that wants to keep it in place? Do you think the the vaxes are gone? Yeah, I think inevitably it will happen. I think inevitably. The, the masking is... I mean, that could be done any time, right? And keep in mind, and much like it was when we got rid of the mask mandate here in Ontario for businesses and et cetera, et cetera, you still have an option to do it. Yeah. I mean, I certainly would consider still doing it, but I don't, I wouldn't be like demanding it's in place. I, I, it boggles my mind that it's, it's actually lasted this long, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know, it's shocking, right? I kind of forget every now and again, right? Because I don't do a lot of traveling, but I will be. I, I, I do plan on traveling a couple of times in the next six months. And I'm thinking, seriously, some of these things are still in place? It's kind of crazy to me. That's the thing. You don't hear a lot of outrage unless you're actually in travel. Mm-hmm. If you're going somewhere and you're reading about what you have to do and the hoops you have to jump through... Uh, that's problematic for you. And then you start getting angry. But unless you're traveling, you just kind of bury your head in the sand and assume that everything's fine. I can tell you it is not fine. What we're doing in Canada is not normal. The rest of the world has stopped the shit and we've got to stop it too. Let's go to the Ontario election campaign. Yesterday, I think the only real announcement of any substance was from the NDP. They were in Brampton and Brampton pays very high auto insurance uh, premiums for a number of different reasons. But Andrea Horvath promised to reform auto insurance. She says your premium, your premium will drop by 40% if her party wins on June the 2nd. She says she will bring in an immediate 18-month freeze on premiums and then set up a commission to examine all the possibilities for a new insurance system, including one run by the government. <laughs> Oh fuck! Insurance anytime I hear something, the government. A- anytime I hear run by the government, I think, I oh it. fuck! This is going to cost a I lot know, of money. 
and and not even taken into account if they even had a shot in hell of winning this. And let's say you think that they do. Okay, cool. So that said, I don't know if she's even addressed how she would feel. The NBDP generally has addressed how they feel about the other changes that were made in the auto, just in the auto, you know, category alone of, you know, stickers and renewal. And what that's going to look like, um, did they take into account the fact that that money's gone? We already know something's going to take its place. We've talked about this before. It's probably going to be safety like every two, three years, whatever it is for each vehicle. Ridiculous, Fine. by the way. I think it's okay after a certain after a certain amount of years on the road, though. I mean, if we are taking a look and we are being environmentally cautious, there's some cars out there that should not be on the road or need to get shit fixed. And the people just are like, fuck it, it still drives. I'm not, I don't care when it's terrible for the environment. So that, that I would understand the argument too. But anyway, you need to understand that you got to make up money somewhere else then in order to do these things. Every government does. This is not a standalone NDP platform thing. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at everybody. I'm looking at what Del Duca has to say, and I'm looking at what Ford has to say, and what Andrea Horvath has to say. And there's never any clarity as to where they're taking from and what they're putting in, knowing that all they're doing is spending, 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 spending. It's just horseshit to me. It's total horseshit. Uh, Cutting our insurance premiums by 40%, We've been lied to before many, many times. This was promised in the last election and the election before that. And there's still not any lower. This is right up there with that other unicorn of we're going to lower your hydro rates. It never happens when they say these things to you. They're lying to you. Even if they have the best of intentions, they know on some level it can't be done. It just can't be done. And for the government to get into the insurance business. How big do we want government to be? Because now they want to create so many different crown corporations that I don't even know where we're going to get enough people to staff these fucking things. The amount of money that gets wasted in a crown corporation is ridiculous. Now they want to set up auto insurance? What, I could phone like, I don't know, like fucking Carolyn Mulrooney or something and get a quote for my car insurance? Yeah. No, stop this shit. An 18-month freeze on premiums? I don't think the insurance companies are going to like it very much, but they might play ball with that. They might. They also want to uh, ban postal code discrimination. I don't like postal code discrimination either. I I think it's kind of crazy that if you live on one side of steals, you pay a fortune in car insurance. And if you live on the other side of it, you pay less. But let's be honest. There's certain cities that are very scammy. There's certain cities that have really bad drivers. There's certain cities, and I'm not going to name names, but I think we all fucking know who I'm talking about, that are intentionally crashing into each other to take the insurance money. It's, it's fucked up. It's crazy. I just hate people being lumped into those categories because of those people, though. You and, know, and, and young and men. And good people do get screwed. And young men, especially. I mean, it still is the way, isn't it? Well, young men's insurance is still higher than a young woman's insurance when you get when you get it. Or has that changed? Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was on my mind as soon as Andrea started talking about postal code discrimination yesterday. I wanted to talk about good old fashioned gender discrimination. To me, it's not fair that just because you have a penis, you pay more for car insurance. I don't care that the statistics say you're statistically more likely to speed. It doesn't matter to me. Everybody should start off with the same slate. And as soon as you screw up, boom, 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 you can drop yourself right down to paying astronomical rates for insurance. But as long as you start off, even with everybody else, and you don't do anything dumb, Your insurance shouldn't be going up. It certainly shouldn't be going up based on where you live or what gender you are. Yep. It's silly to me. 
really is. And and I'm all in favor of reforming the insurance. I just think they need to be a little smarter about it than we're going to cut it by 40%, freeze them for 18 months, and then figure out something else later. Uh, no, I'd kind of like to see a plan. These people speak uh, just for the soundbite, like you alluded to yesterday. 100%. And it's, that's all some of this is. That's all some of it is. No substance, no plan, no details. And again... Don't ask a follow-up question to what I just said. Just air what I said. Yeah. And I feel like they're actually lying. Like they know they can't do it and they're going to keep promising in any way. And there's nothing to force them to be accountable. Uh, last night, I actually got caught up watching a bit of the conservative debate. It was the first time that Patrick Brown joined the debate and he was with the other five candidates. Uh, it was a weird format, but I'm going to play just a, a minute or two of this. Well, it's hard to say how high it will be when I take office. Uh, sorry, this is a question to Pierre Polyev. How quickly can he bring down inflation? But there's no question that we have to hold those accountable who've caused it. Um, you know, money printing, government uh, deficits have yeah, caused okay. more dollars chasing fewer goods, driving higher prices. And the Bank of Canada governor <clears throat> has allowed himself to become the ATM machine of this government. And so I would replace him with a new governor who would reinstate our low inflation mandate, protect the purchasing power of our dollar, and honor the working people who earn those dollars. Pierre Polyev is like a rock star. I mean, the amount of times last night they had to tell his supporters in the crowd, shut up or we're going to take time off of Pierre that he'll have less time to speak up here, was crazy. It was, uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick summary. Pierre Polyev, was the exact same Pierre Polyev that you see at any campaign stop. If you've gone to any of his rallies, what you saw there, you saw last night. It was talking points. Patrick Brown did a good job. He looked like a prime minister. He had a plan. He was speaking French quite well when he was asked to afterwards. No complaints. Then you get uh, Jean Charest, who just came off angry. Roman Babber actually impressed me last night. He came off as a real genuine guy who actually wants to make a difference and wants to change the system. Now, whether or not he's got the clout and the ability to do that, I don't know. But I think he probably earned himself some second and third place votes last night. Leslin Lewis, great. I don't know that she's going to win. I don't think she's going to win, but she was the only one who came out and said, I'm pro-life. I am pro-life and I won't support a ban on abortions. And then there was, uh, who's the other guy? Atchison? I don't even know who the guy is, but he was quite good too. If you didn't watch it, it might be worth going back to watch, but the format was very strange in that they would only get 30 seconds to give an answer. It was almost like a debate set up for sound bites, and there really wasn't a lot of opportunity to discuss the actual issues. It was sort of a glance over everything, and it still took two hours. Any interest in it at all, or are you just going to deal with whoever it is that ends up as the leader? Yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 I would, no matter what, we kind of have to deal with it. Um, no interest in terms of, I am totally rooting for this person. This is where I stand. Not really, no. I wish we could bet on it. I kind of wish we could. This seems like an interesting thing. It's, it's a, a Canadian political thing. It, it, yeah, I, I kind of want to bet on it. Either way, one thing I will tell you, I was on a call last Friday and uh, with the Patrick Brown campaign, and the amount of people that he is signing up new members to the party and almost exclusively from multicultural communities across Canada is pretty staggering. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next election, obviously, but I will tell you that conservative base is growing thanks to these candidates and in particular, thanks to Patrick Brown. I think he's the sleeper in this whole race, everybody. And I think that uh, 
when it comes time to vote in September, he's going to surprise a lot of people. If he doesn't win, it's going to be close. Definitely. Uh, Today is game six. The Toronto Maple Leafs will play a hockey match (laughs) against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't believe you said Toronto, not Toronto. Toronto. I'm saying it very formally here. Because I don't want to jinx it in any way. If the Leaf, oh. if, if I get all fucking pumped up here and say, yeah, fuck, let's do this, and the Leafs lose, inevitably some asshole listening right now is going to DM me and call me a son of a bitch and say I jinxed it. <laughs> the Leafs have been jinxed for a long time. It has very little to do with me and yeah. me giving a prediction on a podcast. When you're a Leafs fan, you're ready for anything anyway, right? Like I'm, isn't it the ongoing meme? There's a million memes that go around during any any time. By the way, during the season, there's a meme. There's memes that are very popular. Beginning of the season, middle of the season, toward the end, once playoffs start, in the middle of playoffs, the first round memes. I see them all, and there's a lot of truth to most of them. And one of them in particular is just, I'm ready for you to make me excited, and I'm ready for you to disappoint me and have me back again next year, kind of thing. And <laughs> That's kind of the, the case. But hey, I'm I'm hoping for the best. It would be great to win it in six. If they can go into Tampa tonight and win it, that makes a statement. And it is, is it's like I said yesterday, it gets easier as time goes on. As the playoffs go on and get deeper into the rounds, I think the Leafs are in good shape if they can get out of the first round. So uh, do you pray for that? Is that trivial? Like if I pray, God, I have waited my entire life for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win a Stanley Cup, and I've been a loyal supporter. I watch more Leaf games than I go to church. Like, that's got to count for something. Can you please give us a cup? Do you think God is like, well, all right, we could probably do that. Or is he like, get the fuck out of here. I happen to be a Matthews fan myself. (laughs) I I took extra time creating him. (laughs) Uh, You had a controversial story this morning on our FM radio show, and it involves a celebrity. Sarah Silverman is a comic. (laughs) Is that a question? Um, Yeah, (laughs) some people think she's funny. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Sarah Silverman has always kind of been known for her her hot takes on a lot of different things. And apparently in her personal life, it, it continues. She was on The View yesterday. And she talked about being in a relationship. It's the first, you know, serious relationship she's been in for in a while. And they started dating, I, th- I want to say about two, three years ago, um, around the pandemic times, I believe. Now they are together a lot and she fully admits she doesn't think it's a big deal. So chill out. But yeah, they share a toothbrush. Let y- people process yeah. that for a second. Yeah. yeah, Sharing a toothbrush with your partner for some people, that's an automatic, nah, no thanks, never, no. Her argument, actually, can we play some of this? 100%. Here's a little bit of her argument. Not only are you sharing your bed, you're sharing your toothbrush. Ew. Really? That's disgusting. <laughs> I, I told never, you I was befuddled by that. I have never shared a toothbrush with another person in my life, and for some reason with Rory, we have never not use the same toothbrush. Now, everyone's saying that's so gross. Let me ask you something. Why is that so gross? We kiss each other where we (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone does that either. (laughs) Yeah, but you're going... Hold on a second. We kiss each other where each other... Peace? Okay. And and Joy said, not everybody does that. (laughs) Yes, she did. That's not surprising to me at all that she would say that. Really, Joy? Not everybody does that. 
You, you, you've never sucked a... Uh, I don't know if she's saying that or if she's <laughs> trying to speak for the people who haven't sucked a... But there you have it. That's what she says. You've never had a guy lick your... <laughs> really? I don't want... Why would... I don't want to think about Joy Behar being licked. Please. Make it stop. But I mean, who... What? Yeah, she doesn't think it's a big deal, though. Okay, well, let's finish this conversation. In there, in the gums and everything. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're going in there with the gum. This is gross. Look, do what you want to do in your house. Okay? <laughs> it's your high body. It's my your man. It's your body. That's right. That's right. Okay, so again, it amazes me how many people are kind of fully admitting to us today. And even when you see this online, some people making the argument, her argument, basically. You know, uh, one, one text we had in. Um, says, yeah, I mean, you do all kinds of things with your mouth with your partner. Why is this that big a deal? Well, I don't know, because a toothbrush can be $2 at fucking Dollarama. Just get another toothbrush. I don't understand. My uh, friend of mine... In all fairness, though, the cunnilingus is free. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend actually sent a message when we were talking about it today, and I'll, they will remain nameless, but uh, admitting, yeah, well, we've been on vacation before. Okay, so it's not an everyday circumstance. With For, for Sarah, she says they've never not shared a toothbrush, which is fucky to me. But when you're on vacation and you're in a pinch, so let me put you in that spot, Scott. Mm-hmm. You're on vacation with your girlfriend. You are somewhere where you, no, you cannot go purchase a toothbrush at this time, but fuck, you got to brush your teeth. Do you use her toothbrush then? If she says... Here, Scott, just use mine. Mm. You know, I mean, I think that brushing your teeth is, I actually love the feeling of clean teeth. Brushing my teeth with someone else's toothbrush, even if the toothbrush is immaculate, I don't think I would feel clean. I don't think I could do it. If I did, it would be the quickest brush. I would actually probably want to use my finger before I would use somebody yeah. else's toothbrush. See, and, and you can do that, by the way. That's what I was thinking. You know, I'd rather grab a stick off a branch and throw some toothpaste on it yeah. and clean that way. Or, I mean, God, I, some would argue, and, and I'm dental professionals too, that flossing is actually more important. Grab some floss, go ahead and swish around afterwards with a toothpaste or a mouthwash. But flossing, I think, is more important. So if you can get your hands on some floss, I'd rather do that. Like, there's a few things that I would do before I'd be like, hey, babe, I'm going to use your toothbrush. That's just me. Uh, someone here says, well, I toss my girl, my wife salad. No problem. But I ain't putting her fucking toothbrush in my mouth. Right. And I know. For, and I'm right there with you. you know, I know exactly what you mean, bro. I know. And I, I understand for, for a lot of people, that's how they feel. It's hard to really explain. Like, for me, it's a lot of you know, the plaque, the things like that. It's not when you're sucking someone's face or their mouth is on your whatever, fill in the blank. Right. You're not really getting that sensation of, hey, all of your mouth germs are crawling onto me or in me or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when you're with the toothbrush, this is the tool that cleans the teeth and removes the plaque and said microbes and germs and what have you. It's just knowingly putting the germy brush on your mouth. On your, you know, on your tongue. It's totally different when it is a mouth itself compared to a toothbrush. To me, those are two different things. Can we just plan ahead? I mean, fuck. Well, I if know. you're on vacation and, oh my God, I lost my toothbrush and there's nowhere on this island that I can go to get one. 
Back an extra then. They're cheap. They're free at the dentist. Don't people... And by the way, I do that. When we go on vacation, like if I go with my husband, I have like a, a bin of toothbrushes. Because when they're on sale, I just buy them by, the, by bulk, right? Or Costco, whatever the case is. I always like to have that on hand, deodorant on hand, like all kinds of things that's like, oh, fuck, I don't have any. That's no good, right? So I have like a bin in my bathroom, basically, of stuff that I never want to have to run out of. I will pack an extra one just in case he forgets. Girl. Or anyone I'm with forgets. Good team player. Yeah. Yeah, way to go, Callahan. I don't know. There's just, just the essentials, right? Just the essentials. You don't need to go crazy, but it's a one fucking two. It doesn't take up room in your suitcase either, even if you're the vacation type. I just don't understand it. Aren't there like top five items that you can't, for, you travel a lot. Yeah. Top few items. Isn't a toothbrush one of them? Yeah, but I mean, a toothbrush is not hard to source. In fact, if you go to the front desk at most hotels, they'll tell you we have some. But even at that, yeah. I still pack as if I don't have any other options. Right, right. Just so I don't end up in that situation. I'm wondering if people who are using that as an excuse, well, you know, I mean, if you travel and you forget your toothbrush, you just use your partner's. I, oh, what if they lost your suitcase at the airport? Would you wear your husband's underwear? Probably would. Some people. Guys, would you wear your wife's? Actually, I shouldn't even ask that because there's a fair number of guys that probably would. Uh, it just seems unnatural to me to use somebody else's toothbrush. This is getting way too into your mouth. <laughs> Kissing, fine. You want to suck a dick? Fine. I don't care. You want to <laughs> eat a vag? You go right ahead. It doesn't matter to me. We're talking about different things here. I toss a salad. You you know, go you toss, uh, tongue right in there. No problem. But it's different when you're using their toothbrush. It's too intimate. It's too personal. It's just not a good idea. It's like, it reminds me of like using a Q-tip somebody already used. Yes. Is this, right? Same I, thing. Right? It's like, hey, you know what? There's a little bit of room for extra wax on this. Let me just go ahead and rub it around. Well, what does it matter? Right? I suck your dick. It's- it does matter. Like, stop. It, it matters. <laughs> Where do you want to draw the line? I can't. You know what I mean? Like it just for me, it's a no. Some people are a maybe. I don't get it. But yeah, to each their own. Why don't we double up on toilet paper? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's only lightly used. You go ahead and use it. (laughs) I wiped with this side. You wipe with that side. It's beautiful. Seriously. There's a line. There's certain things that couples just weren't meant to do. Sharing a toothbrush is one of those things that couples were not meant to do. Uh, I'm going to do this as a public service announcement. I learned about two new apps. Okay, I like that. One is a new phone app called New Profile Pick, and apparently it's quite popular, although I'd never heard of it. What they'll do is you download this, and it'll make for you a free digital avatar using facial recognition technology. So like a cartoony photo? Exactly. Okay. Well, an avatar. is That's kind of, that's kind well, of I mean, cartoonish. I, yeah. I don't know. Like To me, that's like, isn't that what like Snapchat does, for example? Similar. Yeah. Okay. So this thing will create one that's based purely on how you actually look. It's a Bitmoji, isn't it? Isn't that like a Bitmoji? It's the same shit. Bitmoji, you can customize it pretty well, but it's still never going to look exactly okay. like you. Okay, so this will look like you. This scans your actual face, so it's going to look a lot more like you. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Guess where that app is based out of? China? Russia. Okay, Russia. And Damn, the- I, one of the two. It's always one of the two, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company behind the app, Line Rock Investments, is based in an apartment complex overlooking the Moscow River beside Russia's Ministry of Defense and just three miles from okay. Red Square. Okay. Global Cybersecurity Advisor, ESET, Internet Security, said people have to be careful when you upload photographs or personal data to a brand new website. Mm-hmm. This app is likely a way of capturing people's faces in high res. And I would question any app wanting this amount of data, especially one 
largely unheard of and based in Russia. Yep. I don't think that's a good idea no, at all. thanks. The other thing I got, and I didn't download the new profile pic, by the way. They're suggesting don't upload photos to it, but do whatever you want. I'm not your dad. Uh, the other one that I just learned about, though, and I find this fascinating, is called What Three Words? Do you what have this? What Three Words? No. What Three Words? Halton Regional Police tweeted out, everyone should have the What Three Words app. And I thought, what is it, like Wordle on Wordle? steroids? Yeah, what is this? I have to come up with three five-letter words this time? <laughs> Fuck, Fuck. I don't have time for that. No, this is actually really neat. It's a navigation tool where you can get your location down to a three by three meter grid. The reason this came up, they advise people download this app is because they got a 911 call from two guys that were out for a hike. They were up on like Rattlesnake Point or something. They got lost. So they called for help and the police couldn't just pinpoint exactly where they were using the technology that's available. So they said, go on your phone, download what three words. It'll tell us exactly where you are. Mm. Well, it'll tell you, you tell us exactly where you are. Like I said, do a three by three meter grid. If you can get your location to within three meters, that's pretty fucking good. That's better than that stupid fucking COVID app that was going to tell you if you've had any exposures. I mean, does anyone plan to get like lost in the middle of the woods? No. No. But I suppose if you need Listen, it, okay. I mean, if you've got some drugs in the car and lights start flashing, maybe you got a bail and you get lost. You know what though? There's a particular, there's a per- <laughs> There is a particular, um, no, like certain groups of people that this would be really handy for. And I am thinking about those adventurous types, especially this time of year. I mean, you and I know a avid bicycler, yep. bicycler, I guess you that does trails and it goes in the middle of nowhere. Like I've never even heard of these places. Um, you might have friends that do the hikes and, or, or maybe they go off to, a, I don't know, not nowhere around here and they decide to venture. It's okay. That's a good safety backup. Good to know. I wouldn't mind it for those times when you do find yourself out in the forest or out in the wilderness or anywhere where you're not supposed to be. Uh, Thanks to apps and phones, we're getting a lot worse at figuring out the direction we're traveling in and where we actually are. (laughs) Are People get lost all the fucking time. People are playing Pokemon Go and just can't figure out where the fuck that Pikachu went. Well, you know, it's that. But then it's also those same people who are so focused on their phone that they walk right off the the end of a pier and into the lake. Stupid shit like that. So I think it's important to be able to know exactly where you are. And if they can figure out a way to do that, I'm here for it. I think it's great. That's good for vacations, too. I was just thinking, too, if you are on a vacation somewhere and you're kind of, you know, you do the Explorer thing, right? Who doesn't? And you're out and about, especially this time of year when vacations really ramp up. Sure. Fine. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be against helping to find people. A man on a single-engine Cessna plane had to land the plane himself in Palm Beach, Florida on Tuesday after the pilot passed out. That is scary. Thanks to air traffic controller Robert Morgan, this man managed to make a perfect landing. So here's the question. Is it easier to fly than pilots let on? Or did this guy just get lucky? So backstory here, no aviation experience whatsoever with this guy. He was talked to and talked through this, I assume, by someone on the radio. Yep. He managed to contact air traffic control at the Palm Beach airport. The audio is nuts. Actually, you know what? I think I can play some of this audio for you. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Yeah.
okay, that's him actually making the landing. It was somebody with a phone <laughs> filming it. Um, but I wanted to see him actually land it because apparently it was a perfect landing. Here is some of it. There's a passenger flying a plane that's not a pilot and the pilot's incapacitated. They said we need to try to help them land the plane. What was the situation with the pilot? He is incoherent. He is out. Try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Keep him calm. Point him to the runway and just tell him how to reduce the power so he can descend to land. I just feel like it was probably meant to happen. Holy shit. Wait, what's meant to happen? That sounds terrible. <laughs> Why would that be meant to what? happen? What is happening right now? That is that's the scariest situation. I feel like in that moment, yeah. I mean, um, I, I I guess you know, all of a sudden you would just take on the responsibility of doing that. But that's that's scary, man. I've been in that scenario before where there's just one person flying and you don't have like a co-pilot situation on a helicopter. As is a, a good example, I did that and it that dawned on me like mid-flight. I'm like, what happens if this person like passes out from the heat because it's Las Vegas. You know, what happens? I don't even want to think about it. That's some scary shit. But uh, good for this person for taking control of the situation and staying calm enough to do that because I feel like it takes a lot of zen to be, be able to figure it out. Well, step one is being able to figure out how to contact air traffic control. And if you just put on the headset, you're not instantly talking. He must have figured out how to do that. So that was great that he did. There's a little bit more to the story, though. I told you Robert was the air traffic controller at the Palm Beach airport that day. He was on his lunch break. They called him back in because he's also a flight instructor, but he'd never flown that specific kind of plane. So he had to quickly Google a photo of the flight deck on that particular plane so he could say, okay, over here beside the big round knob is this. So you got to push that and then you got to pull that and do this. So, it's not easy to navigate, especially if you're not familiar with radars. So he had the guy look for the coastline and follow the water. Descend slowly by pushing the controls forward. Try to spot the airport. As he eventually got closer, the airport's radar was able to pick up the plane. Once the radars got him, air traffic control knows a lot about that plane, how fast it's going, its altitude, the whole nine yards. And based on that, they were able to guide him right down to the runway. But if you're that's that crazy, if, if you're, I don't think I could do it. Ah, they make movies about shit like that. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. You don't think you could? I don't know. In, in a life or death situation, if I said, "Cat, focus. I need you to push this knob. Of course. I mean, and then I, I need you to yank that knob, and then <laughs> jig that knob a couple of times. <laughs> Give that a little pull. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> I I would try. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I know it's that or pro- likely death if I crash. So yeah, I mean, I would. It's just like the, I don't even like that would be plain absolute terror. Like just the, the most terrifying, horrific. And could you get back on a plane after that? I certainly would make sure there was a co-pilot. Do you ever, uh, when you're going out road trip or or a meeting for work, do you ever go pee just in case so you don't have to go later? Oh, I'll do the pee check. Absolutely. Like, do I have to go pee? Do I mean, maybe I should. Yeah. Before a long drive, especially. Yeah, sure. A doctor on TikTok says, stop peeing just in case. Listen to this. Always go to the bathroom when you have a chance. Nope, don't do that. Pelvic floor physical therapist here. So I work with a lot of people with overactive bladder, stress incontinence, urgent incontinence, the whole nine yards. And here's why you shouldn't go just in case. 
Your bladder basically has three levels of sensation of filling. So this first one is just an awareness level that tells you that there's some urine in the bladder. The second one is actually the one that tells you to make a plan to use the toilet. And then the third one is kind of the panic button that says, get me there right now, I'm about to overflow. If we're going just in case, it means we're going somewhere in here. So before we actually get an urge to use the toilet. And so if we're doing this all the time, like this creator suggests that we should, then our bladder starts getting these data points as, oh, okay, well, maybe we should be sending this signal a little sooner. So let's shift this line down. And so now we're going to start getting that urge to go a lot sooner than before. Over time, this compresses those three levels together. And so the difference between feeling like there's some urine in your bladder and feeling that panic button like you're about to pee your pants is going to happen in a much shorter amount of time. So actually avoid the just in case, unless you're going to be in the car for longer than an hour, once before bed or before or after sex. Hmm. Yeah, that's an important pee, the before and after sex. The before and after sex pee. <laughs> that might even be my favorite pee, to be honest with you. Uh, no, that's interesting, though. I mean, basically, when you go pee just in case or to get it over with because you're going to be out for a while, you're actually training your bladder to be less efficient than it currently is. The The doctor's message there is go when you have to go, not just because I could, but I don't have to. Right. I'll go now just... Because it's convenient now. It's a commercial and then I want to watch the whole rest of the second period tonight. That sort of shit. Huh, interesting. Go when you have to go. Interesting question. And again, this comes from online. I'll set the scene. It's, it's late afternoon. You're starving. You haven't eaten anything all day. You don't want to ruin your dinner though. So you're just going to warm up a little snack. You go and you find a, a slice of leftover pizza in the fridge. Perfect, this is going to hit the spot. I'm going to have some za. You open the microwave door, put the pizza in. You put it in for what, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and hit start. What do you do while you're waiting for the microwave to beep? <laughs> Dance. <laughs> now, I, uh, okay, to answer, to actually answer you, probably like clean up whatever's happening around the microwave area. Maybe I'm cleaning off the island or wiping it down or notice a smudge on the fridge or clean that. I tend to like try to do things while that's happening. I don't do a lot of sitting around actually waiting for it. And if for some reason my kitchen is immaculate, I guess I just stare at the microwave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually never thought of this until I saw this video on TikTok and and he actually called me out and a lot of other people out too. He said, let me guess what you do. Some will just stand there like a zombie waiting for the microwave to go. Yep. Uh, has it been 30 seconds yet? This is the long 30 seconds. Are you sure this is 30 seconds? <laughs> when you're hungry, nothing is longer. No 10 seconds is longer <laughs> than a microwave that you're waiting to finish. Number two, stay to make sure you stop it with just one second left so it doesn't beep. Are you like that? Are you a preemptive microwave puller? Yeah, I think, well, I'll hit stop, though. I'm not an animal. I'm not going to just pull it open. An animal? Yeah, don't you? <laughs> what do you mean an animal? I feel like, okay, so I know the microwave doesn't have feelings, okay? But I want to make sure it works for a long time. So for me, if I feel like if I just rip that door open, I'll just be like, you know, it's it's like, I don't know, a little pre, you know what I mean? It's it's not ready yet. It's 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 going before it's ready. When you hit stop, then it's like a natural function. Uh, were you alluding it. to premature ejaculation? <laughs> Is were you making a a cum joke about a microwave? <laughs> I, do, I, suppose. I don't want to catch the thing off guard. It can catch you off guard when that happens. 
I don't think the microwave cares. I think uh, th- I'm saying I know it doesn't have feelings, but I feel like what if I break it? You know, if I open it too fast too, when it's not ready, it's, it's got a countdown. It's five, four, throw this bitch is stopping it right now. You're, you're not putting a finger in its ass. You're just opening the door. <laughs> you Maybe to a microwave that is putting a finger in an ass. Maybe that is. You could also walk away and just sort of guess when it's going to beep. And then you rush back in to, again, stop it before it beeps. Well, here's the thing. Microwave, when you touch a button, it beeps when you touch a button, if you've got the sound on. When it beeps because it's ready, it's beep, beep, beep. You get the three, and I can't handle the three. That's too much. No. That's too much for me to do right now. It's like it's insisting that I get to it that second. Mine's a beep, beep, beep. And then if you don't open the door... A little while later, it's another beep beep oh, or something like that. Oh my God, I would throw just, it out. Just to remind you, beep beep, come on, I'm in here still. Some people will go as fast as possible trying to clean the entire kitchen before the microwave is yeah. ready. Yeah, I guess I'd put myself in that category, kind of. I'm the same way. I will grab wipes, I'll put away dishes. Just I'll try to do stuff. Exactly. Put your food in, but you're too impatient. So while you wait, you have a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you eat while you're waiting for your food? Holy fuck, this microwave is going to take a minute. I'm going to get some crackers or something. I cannot wait that long. (laughs) Put your food in, walk away to do something, then you forget about it and find it's still there the next time you go to use the microwave. Oh, shit, yeah. So I've never done that, but I will tell you, I did put a coffee in the microwave to warm it up, and I totally forgot I had done that. In fact, I made another coffee about half an hour later because I still wanted coffee. I just forgot that I had one in the microwave. Mm-hmm. Like three days later, I opened up the <gasps> microwave and the coffee was still in there. I felt like such a such an asshole. That's so oh, gross. Fuck's sake. Uh, in any case, that's such a spot on list. Things that we do um, while we're waiting for the microwave. My kitchen is basically spotless. I keep my kitchen basically immaculate and it's probably because of all the nuking oh we got 30 seconds gotta clean gotta clean uh today the nine u.s supreme court justices are scheduled to meet for the first time since the draft decision was leaked saying that they're about to overturn the national abortion laws in america so these guys have just been dragged through hell Protesters are camped out outside some of their homes. Mm -hmm. They're meeting for the first time today, and I imagine eight of them are probably right pissed off trying to figure out who the one was that leaked that decision. Do you think that person should be or could be fired for leaking a draft decision and creating all this abortion controversy? Oh, I think you have to look at that no matter what. Yeah, I mean, if you leak something as important as that, I I suppose... Um, maybe they're okay with it though. Whoever, whoever that might be, are they doing, my question would be, are they doing it because in their mind, are they supportive of it? You know what I mean? Are they doing it to kind of soften the blow? Kind of like we heard, um, of these announcements before announcements all during COVID, you know, how shit always leaks ahead of time just to kind of soften the blow when the, when the announcement does come. Does that, is that, was that the intention? Was the intention to get people fucking fired up and angry? I would love to know who, who it is because I would like to know the intent behind it. Yeah. Was it an accident that that leaked? Was it a staff member that leaked it? And if so, who? You can't really get rid of a Supreme Court justice, though. They get appointed for life. They're there until they die or resign. They can't get fired in any circumstance? As far as I know, I don't think so. I don't know that it's ever even been considered that some asshole in 2022 might leak a draft decision that's very unpopular and they might have to actually kick somebody off the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's surprising, though. 
can you imagine the court having to hear a case about how the court proceeds? Because that's exactly what it would be if it actually comes to that. I'm curious to see what happens. Either way, if somebody at work did something that creates a hell of a lot of a mess for you to deal with, you're going to want to kick some ass when you finally get that person in front of you. And I think that's what's going to happen here today. I like leak shit, by the way. Oh, it's so good. We've been there. I know you have, and I know I have, where you stumble upon pieces of information you're not supposed to see. Oh, maybe some dipshit left it in the printer before they left. That's exactly how I learned a <laughs> yeah. lot of things that I learned about our last company. Yes, they just leave. or it's like, oh, the printer's broken, but I printed off important documents. But well, it's five oh five. So I got to get out of here. <laughs> so whoever actually fixes this printer is going to see a lot of information. But I won't think about that. Deedly deedly dee. Today, there is an annual. It happens every year anti-abortion rally that is going to fill Parliament Hill. It's the March for Life, a demonstration that usually attracts thousands of people. Okay. Is this one a problem for the people of Ottawa? Are they going to be okay with this one, or is it just motorcycles and trucks yeah, they don't like? Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to be okay with this one. I don't know what it looked, what it's set to look like, uh, but hey, you, you picked a great day for it weather-wise, I think, is if it's as nice in Ottawa as it is going to be here. <laughs> That I'll say about anybody protesting today. Today's the good day to do it. We are very pro-life, but we're also very pro-Maple Leafs going to round two. So we're going to wrap this <laughs> this thing up by 7 o'clock and everybody get back to your hotel. Well, as with all of the other protests, I hope that it remains peaceful and that they take yeah. the opportunity to make their point. Hopefully the decision makers hear them out because everybody deserves to be heard. And then they go on and carry on with their day. We're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of After 9, guys. Uh, Doug is speaking here in Kitchener today. We weren't invited, surprise, surprise. But whatever comes out of this one, because he is going to take questions from the media, if any of it's good, we'll have it for you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. That means Dave Blizzard, in theory, is going to join us unless he catches COVID for like a third, fourth, or fifth time. I believe he's coming. We will talk to him (laughs) and have lots of fun to kick off the weekend. Enjoy your Thursday. Go Leafs, go. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The pilot on a flight from the Bahamas to Florida had a medical emergency and a passenger with no idea how to fly successfully landed the plane at the airport. You can tell the guy didn't know how to fly because the plane actually arrived on time. Um, Two unoccupied beach houses in North Carolina recently fell into the ocean, or as the realtor put it, 360-degree ocean views. <laughs> Actor James Cromwell superglued himself to the counter of a Starbucks in New York to protest the chain charging more for plant-based milks, while over at Dunkin', you kind of just stick to the counter naturally. <laughs> Bill Gates announced that he has tested positive for a breakthrough case of the coronavirus. Gates says he probably got the virus because he forgot to install McAfee. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.